Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How are you? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Fernando. Hi, Ben. And Travis Irvine. Hello, Ben. It's a big day. 20 years ago, 9-11 occurred. New York City, absolutely devastating. Go back and listen to the last podcast on the left if you want to listen to a harrowing first episode. We play a lot of the phone calls that took place between loved ones on 9-11. The entire thing was devastating. But today, we are honored to have with us a very special guest. A little bit later on in the episode, we'll be talking to George W. Bush, the man behind the madness himself. So make sure you stay tuned to that interview. Uh, It is fantastic. Dare I say, beep, 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 beep. It's breaking news. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, my God. And, of course, 9-11, such a momentous occasion. It changed the entire 21st century. Momentous? That's the word you want to do? I'm going with momentous. That's like when Eli beat Brady for the Super Bowl. It's like, that's momentous. I don't know if I would say momentous. Well, it changed the entire 21st century. Well, in that way, it's true. There there you go. All right. Very good point. Epic? Is that that more clear? Devastating? Epically devastating. Epically devastating. Devastating And monumentally Life-changing. There we (laughs) go. Nailed it. We've nailed it. So before we get to the interview with George W. Bush, this is a very human day for all of us. Of course, we remember where we were. I was a freshman, I believe freshman, perhaps a sophomore in college, and I was late to class, as you can imagine. I got a text message from my mother in Menominee, Wisconsin, saying, are you okay? Uh, The terror attacks took place in New York City, and I was in Menominee, Wisconsin. (laughs) But that's how scared people were. Yes. Everyone Mm -hmm. thought they were on the front lines of the war on terror, and it was scary. I mean, across the globe, but specifically in America, no one knew what was coming next. No one knew Mm -hmm. what was happening. All the weird misinformation, disinformation, some of the truth scattered in. We had very little to go on as far as like, what the heck is going on here? And because of that, of course, the mainstream media and the politicians that were in power claim the narrative, and it's been difficult to get it back these past 20 years, as again, we are just wrapping up the forever war that was uh, in Afghanistan, and we'll see how long the exit plan uh, lasts, because of course, you'll always have the Lindsey Grahams of the world. who, uh, swear to God, we're going to go back in. We're going back in. So I was late to class. I got the text from my mom. I said, yeah, I think I'm fine. (laughs) Turned on TV just in time to see the second plane hit the building. And uh, yeah, just total shock, complete awe. 
One of the nice things is, as the mind of a juvenile that I had then and still do to this day, I was like, well, no class today. Right. Mm, so I was right. in the dorm. got to go home. We all just hung out in the dorm. We got absolutely hammered. And we're like, so I think the world's changed forever. Yeah. And we weren't sure if it was going to continue on. And definitely it did change forever, as we see still, as we talked about in the last episode, with the surveillance state that has only expanded uh, as time has gone on. But Travis, your experience with 9-11. I had just turned 18 years old. I was a senior in high school and I was in world history class, which was very That's appropriate. Actually, yeah, very much so. There we are learning about world history. And then, yes, mm. we wheeled in the TV. Back then, you'd only got oh, your news. Oh, you young yes. whippersnappers three, don't remember the wheel in TV. Wheel in TV, three networks, I believe. We put on NBC, the Today Show had been extended. And by that point, I missed the second plane. The The two towers were already well, on you know, fire. You get a wheel in the entire damn TV and right. you don't, you you only have re- so many. Yeah. You have to plug it in. You gotta, and then you got to record in a VHS tape and then rewind it so you can see what happened. Um, but of course, the the day was absolutely harrowing. And you're right. It did turn into wherever you were in the United States of America. I was in Columbus, Ohio. Every city suddenly became a target because we didn't mm-hmm. know how many planes mm-hmm. were left in the air with terrorists driving them. So the rest of the day was just, yeah, everyone kind of checking in on each other. Checking in and uh, strange sort of almost like a purgatory type. Like, what does that mm, mean? Exactly. Where are we going? The buildings were burning for weeks. Fernando, Ugh. what was your experience? I was at home because I, I lived, you know, over here on this coast. So and I you was, were you were around 18, right? No, or? actually, I was like 16. I oh, was okay. a freshman in high school. So th- to me, I'm not from New York and I've never been to New York. So yeah. they didn't feel at real. At that point, I hadn't been to New York either. You know, so I'm with oh. you. I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, but I had seen like Independence Day, you sure. know, the, the July 4th. Yeah. You know, everyone, Will Smith's Independence Day. So I felt like we were seeing that. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It felt like a movie. Exactly. But it was a real movie. It was a movie that had consequences. And that was a really weird feeling for me so young because I'd never, I'd, I'd always been so distant from violence on television. And this time it was happening to us. And I think that's a great point, Fernando. And that's another reason why so much of the narrative then got co opted, not by to be mistrusted government officials and mainstream media who, again, Northrop Grumman sponsors them and all that, this and the other. But then you also had a lot of room for conspiracy theorists, Mm -hmm. for people who had their own agenda to sneak in and try to form a narrative as well. Because I'm with you. It was so weird to even contemplate it being real. And I hadn't been to New York yet either. So it's like you're seeing all this stuff and you almost did all of the movies. And I'm not dissing the movies. I love my sci-fi action Mm -hmm. horror. Mm -hmm. But all of that was kind of like going through your mind. And it was difficult to figure out what was real and what wasn't. And exactly. now we're seeing that even more with the internet oh and the gosh. rise of all the misinformation, disinformation, QAnon, it's a LARP, all these people buying into that. But I mean, it really was like pinch yourself. This is actually happening. Yes. And when the Pentagon got hit, you know, when that, that news flashed, came, then it was like, well, now they're going after our military. It really felt like we were being attacked by some type of coordinated effort coming from across the seas. And then, of course, the way that the media was covering the flight over Pittsburgh. So they were like monitoring Mm. this in real time. And the whole thing was just so unbelievably intense. And um, yeah, it was... I know my my brother-in-law, Don, he was actually there. He was in Wall Street. And, uh, you know, he hid inside of a little door and he was covered in soot. And uh, it's just when you hear the stories of people who are actually down there, it is a different experience than rolling over in your dorm room, hung over watching TV, being like, what the F is that all about? Right. Uh, it is a real experience to them. And again, that's why if you want to uh, 
openly weep. Listen to the 9-11 episodes that we did, the first episode, all of those 9-11 phone calls. It's uh, very difficult to listen to because it's people's last moments on earth. I also saw a lot of people, their their fears kind of uh, made concrete. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I grew up, you know, I grew up in a very poor, poor area of the country and there's a lot of military there. Mm-hmm. And I, you saw them all get activated for, you know, all the yeah. children of the dudes that went to Vietnam, the dudes that went to all the war. You saw them get activated. They suddenly, everything that their fathers had talked about got activated inside yes. of them. And so I saw a really big movement almost immediately, mm-hmm. literally overnight. I was, I was seeing people that they're going to go sign up for the military. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, so, same deal. Senior year of high school. I had a couple of guys in my class signed up for the military, went off to Afghanistan, Iraq, the whole deal. Yeah. And, but fear is a very good thing. I felt that was the lasting emotion after nine 11. There was a brief moment of hope and compassion that we were uniting and the mm-hmm. world was united with us. Absolutely. And then that quickly dissipated into 20 years of just fear domestically and abroad. And of course, that fear led to uh, some horribly restrictive surveillance policies put forward by the federal government that are still in effect today uh, that are way outdated. And as we talked about, it's only getting worse in the last episode when it comes to the government taking um, much more initiative in inquiring uh, in our personal lives. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen posed that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Mom. First things first, thank you. It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, Reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. All right. Well, let's get to this uh, interview with George W. Bush. The guy who started it all, baby. The man who started it all, the Bush administration. It cannot be, again, understated how unbelievably, horribly they responded to 9-11. The Clintons are also complicit in the sense that they had a chance to snipe Osama back in 97. But as George W. Bush alludes to in our conversation, Osama was a useful tool when it comes to propaganda. And, of course, the bin Laden family exceptionally well connected to the Bushes and uh, and so on and so forth when it comes to the elites working behind the scenes in America that led us down a path of bloodshed, economic devastation, and to just complete and utter ruin in every sense of the word. I, I don't know the, I'm not sure what the silver lining is when it comes to the Iraq war. And I think that's what makes it all so difficult and sad to understand. You know, in a moment where we should have been healing as a world, uh, some folks took this as initiative to cause more violence. Yes. And I just don't think that's ever the answer. Um, perhaps initially going to Afghanistan and work, uh, you know, take care of what has to happen there with Taliban and everything like that. But overthrowing Saddam Hussein for a personal beef that Rumsfeld had and Cheney mm-hmm. had right. is unbelievable. I mean, don't forget Rumsfeld got the freaking medal. He got like a key to the damn city in like 88 from uh, from Saddam. You know, I mean, these people are so well right. connected. They were shaking hands. And as soon as 9-11 happened, uh, evidently, according to multiple reports, Cheney was like, how do we get Saddam? And it's like, he had nothing to do with it. He's like, 
uh, let's just, if you squint. <laughs> and then uh, they just made it happen. And uh, yeah, it's just unbelievable. So 20 years later, 9-11. All right. Enjoy this conversation with George W. Bush. All right, everyone. Now it is time for the long-awaited interview. Oh. I am so excited. Travis is excited. Fernando is excited. Finally, uh. we've asked this man to come on the show for many years. 20 years. And he's dodged us. <laughs> we are here with George W. Bush, Mr. Bush, former president. Thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, America's top dog. It's good to be on your show pro, show, show program. Man, it is an I'm honor just, to have you. Sit. I'm just having fun down here as, uh, as we do every year on 9-11, just a, yeah. it's a vacation day. Just remembering, remembering the memory of 9-11's past from, yeah. the, from, other, from other times. Right. I mean, that was sort of my first question for you. It's 9-11, obviously. Uh, we just were wrapping up, for all intents and purposes, a 20-year war. It's been a long, long time. Do you want to share any memories you have of 9-11, of any of oh, these Oh, so guys? many memories. So many memories. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, family and friends yeah. having a warm hearth fire. Uh, standing around a, tur a flaming turkey. Right, uh, right. And just uh, somebody jacking off into a coffin. <laughs> yeah, so every so around 9-11, would you say turkey tends to be the Bush family treat? Is that something that uh, oh, you turkey, all... Turkey, you know, uh, light, light ceremonial, um, human sacrifice. I don't get into it, so I don't have right. a taste for it. Right. But, uh, but oh, so many, so many memories. Just some of those... You get some, you get some kind of the cranberries just around some of the, just the whatever's left over from somebody your 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 death. They're, you're responsible. You're one of the responsiblers. You're one of the responsiblers, <laughs> absolutely, and you're one of the responsiblers for this twenty year epic war. I want to do that. Do 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 do. We did it. We pulled them down. Yeah, we pulled them down. Indeed. There's no denying that, sir. And thank you so much for your incredible work when it comes to starting a forever war and uh, really allowing this government to spread all over the world. You take down two of our pipelines, we take down two of your towers. Yeah, well, okay, the towers were taken down in New York City. Now, I know uh, over these past— well, We taught them a lesson. Right, yes, we did, absolutely. Uh, I know these past And the lesson years, was in school. Right. Uh, I know the past 12 years have been um, interesting for you as you've been out of office, a little bit behind the curtain now. Uh, you almost seem to completely skate uh, in the minds of any kind of mainstream media. There's no better feeling than when Toto pulls it back curtain back from you and then if you say pay no attention to that man behind the curtain and the u.s media is like no problem sir you got it <laughs> right no problem indeed and definitely they've helped you kind of hide in the shadows as of course you're the one who hide started in the shadows there's good light there's good light and i look for good light for because light is necessary for vision and right. uh you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a painter artist yeah and uh you gotta have some good you gotta have some good good Conjures and text, 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 textions. <laughs> right. Well, that was kind of my question here when it comes to, again, starting a forever war, the tens of thousands of deaths, billions and billions of dollars spent. If it's a forever war, you can't lose it. <laughs> well, that's a, and that's another fantastic point, Mr. Point, Bush. And again, thank you so much for being here. Former President George H. Uh, I'm sorry that you're not your father. George W. Bush, your father, of course, started no, 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 a different sir, yeah, kind uh, of hey, war. Hey, hey, my father, hey, hey, don't address me as, uh, hey, mister who killed President Kennedy. That's my father. You, <laughs> right, just, right. you just, you could just call me Two Towers George. Well, and that's exactly <laughs> why. I, pop, uh, pop, bang, bang. 
<laughs> no, and if, again, your father was more of a scalper. Well, he, he used a scalpel uh, when it comes to assassinations and when it comes to uh, global dominance. But you went with more of a machete attack, which I thought was so refreshing in many ways to yeah. see. I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate that. I went in there slashing. Slashing, yeah, almost went wildly. Went in there slashing it like a predator monster. <laughs> yeah, almost wildly with no direction whatsoever. Ship, no swing, way slap, flop, and then, you know, you should... <laughs> Somebody, when one of them, one of the guys lasts long enough, and you you go, hey, I admire your courage that yeah. lives inside of your bravery. Here's a trophy of a sword or something. Well, and if, what a fantastic gift that is to somebody who lost their entire, uh, maybe a whole series of limbs, maybe most of their brain in uh, in Iraq or Afghanistan. But it's nice to give them that trophy because you've always been a giver. Hey, we all suffered. We all suffered, right? Yeah, whether it be <laughs> Katrina or a whole series of other horrible I got, decisions. By the way, I have I have prints available in my art store for all. I've got. Uh, I got some major gallery pieces for all yeah. the highlights of the Bush years. Well, that's great. Well, oh, perhaps, Katrina, yeah, Iraq. More, there's a whole series of Iraq. We got a whole. There's a whole uh, Fallujah. There's a Fallujah. We got some some great Fallujah <laughs> prints, and they're even postcards. Wow, <laughs> and they're pri- they're priced they're priced to sell because um, I believe in uh, I believe in entrepreneurial. Entrepreneurship. Well, you, and you always have. Of and I course. think that's an American quality. As much as I love the French people, they don't have a word for entrepreneur. Uh, no, they don't. Certainly not like the way you say it, sir. So these past 12 years, again, we've been, you know, as a society dealing with the war that, you, of course, you started, sir. But you've been able to sort of unwind and relax a little bit with the yep. aforementioned paintings. Painting. And yep. Yep, it's just me. It's me rolling around like the color kittens. <laughs> yeah, and what's so interesting? I'm about just playing this. around. See, so like, hey, you got a bucket of green, and you got a bucket of blue, right. and yeah. then you got the redacted uh, <laughs> secret uh, part of the 9/11 report that comes out against your harshest efforts, <laughs> and you got to mix those together into a color that you know it's going it's going to push art. Yeah. And, um, so I, I painted a, I painted a great picture of um, I painted a fantastic picture of um. Uncle Sam devouring his towers. It's in the style of uh, Goya. It's a Saturn painting. It's just in the style of that, but it's just, uh, it's Uncle Sam and he's just, he's chomping on towers. Well, is there anything in your mind, because it's so symbolic, you know, brushing over a white painting or a white canvas and sort of maybe covering up, you could argue you're covering up. Uh, what is the, oh, what yeah, was you got to have what they call a polyp. <laughs> it's called a polympsist and it's a the polympsist is what, that's the first. That's the first version of what really happened. And mm-hmm. then if it's a, you know, if it looks bad against you as an artist, you got to go back over and paint it up, paint on top of it, like a <laughs> right. like a fresco from the times of the Roman Empire killers. Well, and of course that makes total sense, Mr. President, former President George W. Bush. I'm feeling so- frisky. I'm feeling fresco. Yeah, there's always an original story, or maybe somebody else is painting. Yeah, maybe indeed. Maybe somebody else's wishes and dreams and hopes. They painted something. You go, you know what? They could, you know, maybe yeah. I don't like the fact that this original painting just shows me um, uh, uh, deliberately saying, Dick, you do what you need to do. I'm going to go read a book upside down. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, perhaps. And you got you to paint over it with an official story. Passports that materialize uh, somehow intact in the midst of the ashes on the ground. <laughs> That's right. You know. That is the great thing about art, isn't it? And perhaps you can sort of speak on that when it comes to being able to, let's say, soothe one's soothe one's memory of maybe massive mistakes or war crimes uh, that one <laughs> such as yourself may have committed. Is painting something? Maybe, that, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, is it something? Oh, you flip a flip a pancake. That's what I say. Yeah. Yeah, heads or tails, flip a pancake. You're gonna eat it either way. 
I'm with you on that. Couldn't agree more. Mm, getting hungry for pancakes. Is there something about painting, the act of painting itself, that just sort of eases the mind a little bit and allows you to go on another day, of course, with your beautiful wife, Laura? Well, look, I understand. I appreciate that. She's a beautiful wife. And you know what? A woman who's a woman who's accidentally killed someone in a DUI, she's not gonna she's not gonna raise her mouth too much in a marriage. You know, you're gonna get all you gotta do is be like, Laura, let's figure this out. And she's gonna just cry a little bit and be like, Okay. Well, of course she so was. Let me let me tell you yeah. that. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this, course, Howard. I, here's here's ben, the way I'm Ben, but that's right, Howard and Robin. Let me tell you this. <laughs> okay, it's not the okay. Okay, yes. Okay. I'll take it. Look, some of us, some of us lucky ones. The ones, the true artists, they're born with a destiny in the world, whether the canvas is a human life or, uh, you know, a, a stretched piece of human skin or whatever it is you paint on. Right, right. Some yeah. of us are born destined to be great. There's uh, Leonardo of Splinter and... Uh, <laughs> Sir, and there's, are people, you, there's, are people, you, there's artists like me. There's artists like me. And some yeah. of the great ones were born without the capacity for compassion. <laughs> sure. We're not, there's no guilt to be worried about. I don't need to put my mind at ease. My mind has been, my, my mind is, uh, my mind is easeful. <laughs> I go to bed confident, saluting myself. Right, right. So uh, for me, painting, paint, I've just been painting my whole life. Splash it up, throw it, look. Throw it up against the wall. See if it slides down or if people, if the United Nations comes in and says, hey, that's a body part we need to bury. <laughs> well, absolutely. Artistic. See if uh, it sticks. Yeah. The artistic mind cannot be understated of the Bush family. I'm looking forward to back when, uh, you know, when the faction and the company come back into power, when we have full control. Mm -hmm. The whole plan all along has been to open Guantanamo as a high. Open Guantanamo is a high-end gallery. <laughs> no, I think that that would be absolutely with recess With recessed lighting and just show off what it was we've done. I think, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i a collector. I appreciate the work that Nero did and right. uh, some of the other great... Well, if I'm not mistaken, didn't Masters Nero... Masters on oil and blood and canvas? Right. If I'm not mistaken, and I'm not a historian, so please correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Mr. Bush. Um, didn't Nero destroy most of Rome? And uh, wasn't he considered one of the worst and most cruel leaders of all time? He was a great art. He was a great. He was a great artist. I don't think you got. I don't think he's like the Moody Blues. He was like the kinks of his time. He didn't get oh. really appreciated. I like. There's some. There's some great artists that have reimagined the, the ancient uh, music that was lost. That was lost because it couldn't be found. And uh, uh, so they put it on. You know, I, I put on Nero on Spotify, and I just paint. Yeah. Some of them, he's just fiddling there, and you can hear the crackling of the empire of an empire that's being roasted for uh, for the personal gain of an elite, uh, uh, untouchable, uh, secret secrecy oriented uh, uh, president, President Ab of Rome. Absolutely, and of course, many secrets can be covered up with the drawing of a cute, adorable dog. And I want to say, I would love to buy one of those paintings as a dog lover myself. You can almost look past anything from your past when you look into the eyes of those dogs that you paint. Well, you know, there's a, there's a long tradition in, in our Western civilized civilization. There's a long tradition yeah. of having, uh, you get dogs in paintings. Sometimes a dog gets loose, runs across a painting. You got to put them down or you got to, or you got to paint them right into it. <laughs> Yeah, I painted a dog into a painting. It looks, they say, hey, let's realistic 3D. It's so, so realistic, it looks real. Right. Let me tell you, you go back to some of the old uh, great Dutch masters, there's always a painting of some uh, some duke wearing a fur, and he's trying to buy some groceries from somebody in a, uh, next to a port with a dog. 
And they got oranges and wine bottles and like a hundred ducks with their necks sticking down. Right, and, right. Uh, yeah, I, I always, I always, I always love that style. I always love that style where some uh, uh, wealthy, wealthy <laughs> somebody with a lot of money just comes up and yeah, yeah. Said, I'll take, I'll buy all this stuff. And I just figured, uh, I, I, I did an, I did an homage uh, that, of my gratitude towards the ancient Dutch masters. Right. And there's just a picture of me wearing an ermine uh, cloak feather. <laughs> Coming in with a little yeah. flop cap, and uh, I got a couple of dogs that are ripping apart the remnants of a baby's arm, and uh, yeah. and then I'm just there looking at the wares that are for sale, going like, "Hey, look! It's uh, now we can run a pipeline straight through the country." Absolutely, and <laughs> hey, of course- now we made sure that the dollar was propped up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, again, that was fantastic. Thank you for the conversation about your art. If you don't mind, so hey, look now we propped up the stock prices to you know. Uh, Halliburton. Yeah. Uh, well, that's actually uh, a great segue into my next question I had because obviously. Hey, segues invented under the watch of President Bush. You're welcome. Well, and also, uh, you're yes. welcome, and also thank you for your service. Uh, well, thank you, thank you so much for uh, for thanking me for my service. Although I did not serve. You can roll around while standing up. That is the promise of a segue. Yeah, and there's no better premise than that. When it comes to Halliburton, you mentioned uh, that obviously leads to Dick Cheney. Yes. And I know that you and uh, Mr. Cheney had, I'm going to say a tumultuous relationship. Of course, correct me if I'm wrong, but a slightly tumultuous. I've been criticized by criticizers who say that maybe I, I don't think with my head, and I also don't <laughs> think with my brain. I think with my dick, and I say guilty as charged, but there's not going to be charges because all the judges are, we carefully curate who can be a judge at the local level. Right. So with uh, you and the, the aforementioned Dick, uh, Dick Cheney, have you been able to communicate it all over these past, you know, eight or eight, what, how many years? 12, uh, 12, years, 12 years, years? My goodness now. gracious, as time goes by. 12 have years, a thousand years, depends on whether you count the other bodies of that we've inhabited <laughs> on our ancient journey of death. Right, You know, right. I see him, I see him, we, we, do, we do Zoom rituals. We've been doing Zoom <laughs> rituals during the pandemic. That's great. We, we hop on, we hop on and then just have, uh, he, he still drink. he drinks, he drinks whatever blood he can get. I'm on diet. I'm on diet. I drink I drink beet juice. <laughs> yes, I know you do. Of course, super beets. Dana Loesch, one of my favorites. You know, it's it's more about it's more about the intention. It's more about the intention that you intend. Well, is it the color of the beet juice that reminds you of anything? Uh, perhaps it's sort of dark, rich red Look, substance. I've, yeah, sure. I've spilled enough hemoglobin, but I don't need to. I don't need to drink it. It's bad, it's bad for my calories. Right. So you think you would? Would you say, sir, that you and your relationship with uh, Mr. Cheney, it's it's is it better than it's ever been? Perhaps because- I would say my strength remains strong. Oh, well, I, that would is- say that, I would say that my resolve is resolved. <laughs> All right. Well, that is fantastic. I know we. Now, also- let me tell you, Dick Cheney. Yeah. Dick Cheney looks. Uh, a stopped heart is right once a thousand years. <laughs> you are correct about that. I know we also have some other questions here from Fernando and Travis. Uh, Travis, would you like to uh, ask the former president a question? Yes, President uh, Bush, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate that. You uh, you mentioned Dick Cheney. Obviously, we just lost Donald Rumsfeld. He was Whoa. your controversial Secretary of Defense at that time. You lost your father, aged. It's all w. right. It's all right. I had him. Bar- I had him ceremonially buried with some people that he worked with at the Pentagon. Okay, <laughs> that's very good to know. That's very good to know. Can you? You know, we were talking about nine eleven today, twenty years ago. We all remember mm. where we were. Absolutely. Can you walk us through what that day was like for you, from waking up <sighs> to going to that school to the, getting whisked away to a bunker? Yeah. What don't we know? Yeah, because what don't we there's know? so many. 
many secrets so out there. So many secrets. Well, I didn't get much sleep the night before because I knew it was going to be a big day. <laughs> you know, when you, have, when, you, when you have a big day ahead, you know, it's just hard to go to sleep. And I think, you know, I tried to... I tried, I, uh, uh, there was an old uh, polo coach who once told me that, hey, if you could pretend to sleep, that's almost like getting a good night's sleep. <laughs> well, absolutely. Would you? You know, lay down and yeah. you close your eyes and you just see, you just see, you can almost see the a prevision of people screaming under your eyelids. And that's just, I've had that since I was as early as my, as early as my memories could remember. Yeah. So I didn't get much sleep. Woke up bright and early. I, uh, I said, I'll, I'll have, uh, I'll have a New York strip. I'll steak and eggs, New York strip. Bam, two slices. Wow, yeah. I had steak, I had steak and eggs. Um I don't drink coffee. I don't drink coffee, so I just had uh I just I had I had some scrambles. <laughs> I had right. some scrambles and uh we we the, Laura had made more where there was going to be a whole big response, a big spread with jelly and jams and <laughs> English muffins. Right. And I said, "No, we need to this is too much. We need to call a stand down order. That's too much breakfast." <laughs> Yes, absolutely. So we had to take it all back. We had to take it all back. And I was in the White House. I was in the White House because I was president of the United States. <laughs> right. Well, of course, you mm -hmm. went to that that school and you were reading My Pet Goat to the students. Everyone we really went, went to, And I moment. remember Dick Cheney was running around like uh, he was uh, he was all nervous running around the house like uh, Sylvester Stallone in that movie Oscar <laughs> that I love so much. Oh, I right. know you do. Yeah. Where it's, where it's like, oh, his daughter's getting married. But in this case, it was another. it was a bigger day than you could ever imagine a memory for right but dick cheney it was it was like he was all he was wearing a tuxedo he was like chop 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 places everybody and he right. was he was on my tail he was like you got to get out of here you cannot be in the white house anytime past they hopped me on an airplane real quick whoop down to florida florida where you can you could you could you could film yourself live on a tiktok driving into a school bus full of children and they'll forget about it next week <laughs> And, of course, that's why Florida is such a fantastic I know, I state. It. I know, yes. And, of course, you won uh, twice in Florida uh, for questionable reasons. Uh, you could argue both times, perhaps. You could argue it, but, again, we got a lot. there's a lot of money behind people who can squash arguments. <laughs> yes, there is. When it comes to how they utilized you on 9-11, were you happy with this role? I mean, a lot of people said, George, why aren't you... The one in control. Why has Dick Cheney all of a sudden got the new? I appreciate nukes? that. He got the new coats. That. And as a layman watching at home, I said, "You're my president. I'm a what? delegator. I'm a delegator. You're a delegator." I remember I was a, I was owner of New York Rangers, and uh, <laughs> it says one thing that the Rangers know is that when you're when you're a baseball team, the the manager of the team ain't going to throw the pitch. Right. One of the most important things about business is you got to say like, oh, shit, I got a stone cold killer underneath me. I'm going to step aside and let him knife some folks. <laughs> right. And so that's like, a if you're running and so if you're running a football team and you run a 44, if you're running 44, four <laughs> up the left side and you say, wham, bam, you got to make sure. Look, you're not going quarterbacks, not blocking. The lineman is blocking <laughs> and the quarterback has to go make sure that. Trade Center 7 comes down, too, because that's where all the Securities and Exchange Commission documents are. <laughs> you have to play to strengths of the entire team. It's teamwork. Wow. Well, I never thought about it like that. So in many ways, when it appeared as if you were completely lacking in leadership, again, as you were reading a children's book to a group of children as the world literally burnt around us, you were actually leading at that point. Mm -hmm. But it is so intelligent the way that you do it. We just saw you as someone who may be inept. You think 
I'm gonna lay it down on you this way. You think uh you think all the great heroes of the past, do you think Attila the Hun had to kill everybody individually? No. No, I don't think thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. He had his fill and he's like, Hey, y'all knock yourselves out. Yeah. Well, again, former president Attila the Hun they called him that because he was real sweet. And he always <laughs> ate a lot of honey. Well, almost, oh. almost like an animated bear. How unbelievably adorable. Just, I know we don't have too much more time with you. I know you're extremely busy. You know, uh, I got stuck in a window like Winnie the Pooh once. Is that right? <laughs> I got stuck in a window like Winnie the Pooh, Pooh once. And, uh, and uh, Dick Cheney was there. And he's like, oh, George, you got stuck. And I was like, well, there's a pot of oil on there, side. I wanted to eat it. I wanted some more oil. And, yeah. Uh, and how'd you yeah, get out there was of that? No, what we had to do is we had to carpet bomb the hundred acre wood <laughs> and then just haul the carcasses out of each of the adorable creatures. But then, you know, and then it was easy to split the hole open. I see. And of course that makes all the sense in the world. And that's the typical Bush approach. Mm. Frack it. it. You got to frack it, whether it's oil yeah. or, or the, you know, <laughs> a piglet. Yeah. Is America's primary system working? Is the electoral college still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost. Because you haven't really spoken too much uh, over these past few years, perhaps out of shame or perhaps um, because you think you've done such a wonderful job, no more words need to be said. Nietzsche didn't speak for the last 15 years of his life because his work was dead. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, say, I, say, I say the same thing. I say, well, well if, look, my work, if, my work speaking. My work speaks on itself. Yeah. Well, when it comes to the overall view that you have now, obviously you mentioned the axis of evil back in the day, mm. uh, Afghanistan, axis Iraq, and then North Korea somehow fitting into this axis, which of I course- got a, I got a modified version of axis and allies. I play with myself. It's called axis of evil. And uh, <laughs> you you always get to play as Germany. <laughs> yeah, yes. And it's uh, it's dedicated to my great-grandpa, Prescott, Presky. Yeah. And, uh, Grandpa, actually, and uh, you know, you just you, you just take a bunch of you find a country every round. You go like, I want to fuck that country up, and you take fourteen <laughs> dice and you just drop it on it. Yeah, well, I guess <laughs> uh, before we get to you reflecting, I suppose I have a question: What member or what what was one of the most powerful people that you remember your grandfather or father murdering, and how did that feel when uh, Obama actually killed Osama bin Laden? That should have been your kill. Look, I'm not gonna. Yeah, there's a there, there's a code. You can't just he did he, he was valuable services rendered. Mm -hmm. That was a great. <laughs> you're gonna ju look just because the Iron Sheik makes says, oh, I hate America. You're not gonna kill him. You're gonna keep him around for another uh, Thunderdome. 
<laughs> right. 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 So sort of a useful. He did a good weapon. job. He did a good job. Obama Osama the bin rug Laden out from did under a good it. job, sir. He did. Well, he was a great. He, you loved him. You loved to hate him. <laughs> he was like she was. A, he was our favorite shock jock. In many ways, he was. You, you got to hold up a puppet in order to have a puppet show where your puppet f- fights itself. <laughs> right. So you had no. So you had no problem uh, with him being killed. Get a road bumps. Get a little speed bumps. Everybody. Yeah. First, he, look, even even the Illuminati went. We ain't. Uh, we ain't. Om- we ain't. We ain't omni. We ain't omnipot. <laughs> We're not powerful all the way. <laughs> not right. powerful. Has there been a waning in power? Have you seen, or are you guys strong as ever? Like you're strong. You can see you, my strength is strong. As I've, <laughs> you've said that before. So I've said well, it before. I've said, said it before. I'll say. I'll say. Look, I'm just going to be a little Joker box when I'm finally put to rest in a Viking funeral inside of a inside of a the the, the flooded ruins of the coastal United States. They're going to have a Viking funeral at Kenny Bunkport, Maine. Oh well, that's and they're going to have an oil place. slick. They're going to put an oil slick. We have ceremonial oil from Afghanistan oh. and Iraq that's going to be imported specifically. It's a high vintage year. It's two thousand one, two thousand three. Certain vintages of oils from countries that we uh, wow. that we really tagged up. And uh, so you think you could... it, you keep it in bottles? You keep it in a little. Uh, you keep yeah. it in a little cellar. <laughs> And everybody, everybody goes. Everybody's got. Everybody's got to get. Everybody's got to take their time. So uh, when it's my turn, it's going to be a Viking funeral, and they're going to uncork all the oil <laughs> bottles and just spread it out there, and it's going to be a whole. It's going to be hellfire on water. So would you, you're <laughs> yes. sort of an oil sommelier. It sounds like you can sort of tell what vintage, what year, where it comes from. That's a very That's interesting right. skill. That's right. I could tell. I could tell exactly what client state that this particular bottle of oil would go well with. <laughs> Wow, that is an absolute. That's another skill we did not know, Mister George W. Bush had oil sommelier. Yeah, it's not all. It, all, it ain't all. It ain't all sweet crude. I'll put it to you that way. <laughs> right. I believe it. It sir. ain't all sweet. It ain't all North Texas Brent. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let, let's put it that way. There's a when you got a nose for it. <laughs> yes, indeed, and you definitely have a nose for it, Travis. There's a there's yeah. a Kandahar Blanc that I'm very partial to. <laughs> well, speaking of which, how is the the Bin Laden family and the Bush family your relationship now? Obviously, very close with the Saudi yeah, royal must family. Have been strange, must have been a strong bit as ever. We flew him out. We flew. We set him up in the first plate. We flew him out. Um, so we send uh we send nine eleven cards to each other every year. <laughs> What nice to, cards those must be, Fernando. Yeah, yeah sure. To, to you and yours. There's a <laughs> to you and yours from me and my yours. And isn't it amazing <laughs> that just because it was 17 of the 19 hijackers were Saudi, but yet Saudi Arabia zero ramifications. Isn't that That's something? Right. Yeah, never invaded there, did we? No. No. Why would no? That would give up the whole game. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Great, great point. That would, that would give that would give up the game. It's like uh, that was that would be like if you didn't like the the way you're. If, if, the game went that you go, oh, hey, uh, maybe we should arrest the guy who's running the card table. No, that's not how you do it. No, right. no, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta play, keep playing. You gotta know when to hold, look. You gotta know when to hold them. Yes. You gotta know when to pull them. Yes, indeed. <laughs> like building seven. Yes. Yeah, you gotta pull them. You gotta, you gotta know when to cover up. Yeah, I think and you the gotta term know was, when to have fun. I think it was fold them. I think it was fold them. No, you know when that. to pull them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Kind of a different rendition. You there. know what? One of the, one of the, one of the most fart fun. One of most. <laughs> one of the most fun parts of the whole damn thing in the art project that has been my 
my life, I yeah. was, uh, my, my, my oofra, my oofra <laughs> was uh, just, the, you know, you know that there's going to be people that figure it out and you got to confuse them. Right. So, you know, there's a true story. You covered it up with one version and then you realize like, oh shit, <laughs> somebody's on to me. So then you got to paint, you got to do, you got to paint a whole other story. That's like a crazy version of what really happened and get people believing in that. Like there no, were no planes or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, or that there were space lasers involved, and that was real fun. I got together with some boys in Northern Virginia, and we was like a it was like a Thomas Kincaid factory of just uh, the wackiest conspiracy theories to pull people <laughs> off of what the you know the true the fact right. the real conspiracy. Well, that is an interesting. I know Fernando has a question here, um, but that is an interesting comparison. Obviously, coming off the Trump years. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to the mass confusion, just throw yeah. anything out there. Kind anything. of the Roger Stone approach. I know someone who you know very well, Roger Stone, a man, an operative who worked uh, in some ways uh, to support you, certainly in 2000, when it comes down to the uh, riots that occurred there mm -hmm. in Florida the to stop the, the recount. recount. To stop the recount. Is He's a that, good kid. Are you He's proud? a good kid. Yeah, good, great, great kid. Nixon He's a good tattoo. kid. I think I, he, deserve, he deserves a black belt. You know. Yeah, he's about seventy, I think, uh, or so. But in uh, in uh, deep state jujitsu. Yeah, <laughs> um, when it comes to covering up a lie with more lies, almost a paper mache method. Mm -hmm. Have you found? Are, are you impressed at all with how these politicians have taken that strategy from you and really redefined it in a social media era and mm. uh, so on and so forth? Ultimately, the artist is not in control of his work. I mean, you can leave. You can leave little breadcrumbs. You can leave. I, don't to, I do this as much as I want. I have a little Thomas Kincaid cottage, and I leave breadcrumbs around for just random kids to come around, and I just kill them and bury them. I do that all the time. Oh, absolutely. Hansel, I got. I got four. I got four hundred Hansels and Gretels better buried down in well, Central Texas. They just came around. I said, like, "Oops, you picked the wrong breadcrumbs, bitch." Well, it seems like you might be a little bit nervous then with what's going on. Obviously, Jeffrey. No, Epps. but look at look. My work is my work. My, again, my work speaks to itself. Yeah, and I and I and definitely there, believe there that. is there is as I said before, and I'll say at the same time once again, is that uh, the artist, the artist is you're not in control. Eventually, you're going to leave the stage, and your work belongs to the world. Well, so uh, it's just you know, yeah. And, and as I again, lean upon the great masters of yore. <laughs> Absolutely. And Fernando, did you have a question, Fernando? Because I would like to speak. I mean, as well. I'm saying, I've got, I mean, I'm, I've, I, I couldn't, I, I, we got ancestors who cleared out a whole continent right here. <laughs> right. There's no, I, I mean, I, I'm, whew, as, 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 as far as I take it, you know, there's no way I can live up to that. Absolutely. And then it's not. like, you know, whatever you, whatever your little tricks are, you're like, oh, at most I learned how to, you know, twirl a paint, do a cover-up, threaten a journalist a particularly slightly different way than the, an artist before me. Well, you must and, have been uh, very proud with the way the Saudis handled Khashoggi. Or, you know, make a, yeah, oh, chop, chop, chop it up. <laughs> chop it up, wham, bam. Wham, you know, there's little bam. there's little tricks as an artist that you learn for you pick, you stand on the shoulders of masters until they say, ow, and then you get down. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, hey, maybe you're the guy that perfected... Uh, Making a screenwriter who wrote a screenplay that you didn't like turn up missing in a desert ditch. <laughs> oh, and of that doesn't that mean that you're the first one to think of it, and that you're not going to be the last one. No, everybody's it, just everybody as as an artist. Everybody's just uh, everybody's just borrowing from the great. I think it's a collective unconscious. Yeah, and of I course think there is there, something very. I magical. think that there's uh, I think that there's great spirits out there, and uh, maybe my mind is diseased, and I just uh, <laughs> and I just have enjoyed death too much, and I have a false interpretation, but. 
I think these are death gods. I think there's death gods out there, and I think they devour us, and I think we taste good, and I'm happy to help them. Yeah, well, I am, something. I am, uh, I am the accelerator of the nothing. Well, certainly something magical about well, making people disappear. Fernando, you I am had a, a servant of the nothing. Yes, indeed. And, Fernando, uh, you had a question for I, the president. Uh, obviously, you're a man of business, but it seems that you're also a man of heart, Mr. Bush. I'm a I man want, of wealth and taste. What's your question? <laughs> I want to ask about Michelle Obama. You described <laughs> her as your partner in crime. Just tell me more. Look, Michelle knows where the bodies are buried. <laughs> When I go low, she goes, yes, sir, we're never going <laughs> to dig that up again. I, I love her. I love her. I yeah. love having an opposition of good guys that are never really going to be like, hey, damn, look. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That guy, whew, that guy makes Lady Macbeth look like the Teletubbies. It's, it's Nobody's so ever going to call you on it. Is it a kinship or is it more of an opposites attract situation with her? Then? No, I'm talking yeah. about, no, it's just, no, it's just you want a, you want a friend when you... Nobody wants to see how the sausage is buried. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's nice to share those secrets and, uh, together. And especially if it had to be tortured before it would turn into sausage, you don't want to see that. You don't want to, you don't want to see the video footage of it that the Guardian got their hands on. And so you got to make sure, look, eventually the bad boys are going to fall out of any it's just like it's like any college that your daddy got you into. The bad boys are going to get in trouble sooner or later, and yeah. some librarian woman is going to be like, we're going to have an investigation, and you need someone who is the librarian woman not to look too far. Yeah, and of course, the librarian woman being your beautiful wife, Laura, as well, mm -hmm. uh, sort of the stabilizing factor when it comes to the Bush administration in many ways. Well, you uh, want peace. You want peace. You don't want people screaming. You hear people screaming. You hear people, enough people screaming. It takes a lot of effort to push it away. You, you need people that are just going to they're going to say, hey. Yeah, I, I know you've done some rough things, but man, oh man, the back of your neck really turns me on. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the great thing about love. And I know Travis has we a question, have, but we have a sexual, primarily me and Laura have a sexual bond. Yeah, well, I've always thought that, and perhaps it gets quite kinky uh, with the We have series, a sexual bond, yeah. You know, role playing and things like that, perhaps. Yeah, she chokes. She chokes. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, she chokes you, or you, uh, not to get too blue here, but this is the Howard Stern show. <laughs> I appreciate that, Howard. Yeah, she chokes. She chokes. I swallow. It's uh, it's all mixed up. Yeah. Well, speaking of choking and uh, swallowing, you have a lot of close friends uh, that have died uh, by uh, interesting circumstance, specifically Jeffrey Epstein. Mm -hmm. And I know again, thank you so much for spending your time with us, Mr. President. Well, you know, I know you're very busy. But what did you, you know? You know, people have it's. <laughs> Everybody, everybody, it's not just me or the rest of my family. It's just everybody knows that sometimes you're going to have someone who lives a full, long life of being 58 or whatever, and they yeah. die of natural causes at 58 in a plane crash or in a prison cell. <laughs> and uh, and then there's some people that die at a tragically, you know, young age, like uh, 19 or 20, and those are usually the ones you didn't know. You just sent them out to fight a war for you. Right. <laughs> so any any concerns for, uh, for your safety or for uh, any potential risks when it comes to like a nope. Ghislaine Maxwell, for example, be behind bars. Are you worried at all? Oh, that's that how you say he's called Ghislaine. I never, I've only seen it. I've only seen it. I've only seen it. I've only seen it written down. Yeah. It's Ghislaine <laughs> Maxwell. You've never met her, sir. Well, I always called her Ghislaine. That's how I figured it out. Yeah. So you're not nervous look, at look, all look, that she might say something about you and maybe some uh, Lolita Express Howard, or anything. Howard, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. And that means I'm going to mouth the words out loud. I am not afraid of fear. <laughs> 
I know. Look, you look out there and you go, oh, is it going to, is there going to be blowback from the direction that I sent it to where <laughs> I'm standing from? Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not, look, I'll tell you, there ain't going to be no blowback. All right. I am the one doing it. <laughs> All right, crazy. Travis, you have uh, a final thought oh, for yes, just, uh, Mr. Bush. Uh, yeah, who's um, gonna come? At, who's gonna come? At, who's gonna come at me? <laughs> Jeff Epstein? <laughs> no, he is dead. He is dead. dead. Yes, now, of course, you know we got it. We had to. We had to. You know, there's jurisdictions and stuff. I had to call Bill up and say, like, we're gonna do this, right? And he said, Yeah, sure. You know. Yeah, lots of great Bill Clinton impressions, sir. Oh, wow. yeah, 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 sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you must be so you know proud what? from from the Clintons to the Bushes. We got a red phone. We yeah. got, we yeah. got a red phone from Kenny Bunkport to Hope, Arkansas. Well, kind of like Batman. You must be. We just like pick Batman. it up sometimes at eleven p.m. and we just start doing impressions of each other. <laughs> well, that is that's wonderful. <laughs> well, in that same vein, uh, are you excited about any other Bushes' potential political future? How do you feel about Jeb's run for president? Jenna's on the Today Show. Any any other bushes? The you're bushes looking at, are out there. They're out there. Look, uh, Jeb is uh, Jeb is always Jeb's. Jeb thinks that you can just know about killing and just pr- approach it like some kind of uh, <laughs> the way an oil executive would, where you're like, I know that it's happening to make me rich, but I don't want to get my hands dirty. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's never been a he's never been a credit to the family in that sense. <laughs> Do you think that hurt him politically when he was running? It for hurt pres- him politically, and mom didn't talk to him. <laughs> wow! At the end, mom didn't talk to him. Barbara mom did not speak with him. Nope. And now she I know. Speak to him. And he used to be the one. He she used to be her favorite. He was the one that she'd have shave. You know, he, he would he would sit there and shave her shave her arms and everything. Wow, that must have been unbelievably at the end there, difficult. At the end there, no, they had a they had a falling out. And it, they weren't happy with each other either. Yeah, that's really unfortunate. As of course, uh, I believe you lost both you. of your parents now. There's other, but there's other, we got we got plenty of bushes. We got bushes that don't come back into the country because charges will be filed. Yeah, well, that that is the sign of a healthy political family. We got you. We got bush. We got bushes that have been squirreled away for <laughs> down in Thailand for decades. Wow. We wow. got we got bushes that we got bushes. And here's the great thing: if you marry into a family the right way, they're no longer called bush. We got sleep. We got bush sleeper cells all around the world. That is absolutely fascinating, sir. Um, bush sleeper cells. Never thought I was going to hear that. I tell that. you what: you push me into a vat of lava at the end of the credits, I'm going to come right back up and be like, "I'll be back." And we're so happy to have you back again. Thank you so much for being here. The 20th anniversary of 9-11. I know a big day for you. I know a big day for the military industrial complex. I know a big day for CIA, FBI, the intelligence community. Uh, when it comes to the uh, when it comes to the Patriot Act, sir, you are one of the reasons that we are being massively surveilled. Your fingerprints are all over the future. And we just have to say thank you, sir. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And, uh, Fingerprint. If, if fingerprint is like a snowflake. Yes, indeed, it's very unique. <laughs> it melts. It melts at the temperature of jet fuel. And just one more from Fernando. Is there anything that you missed out on when you were president? Is there anything oh, that you good, didn't do? That's a good one. Yeah, there was. Oh, I guess uh, above ground concentration camps for citizens. That would have <laughs> yeah. been nice. That was something that you had near and dear to your heart going in. Yeah, the coup. The coup. I didn't think the coup. We didn't think it was the right time for a coup. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, hard when you don't get what you want. It's tough. it's tough. You can't always get what you, you can't always get what you want. No, of course, Rolling Stones. But you know when line. I sing when I sing that uh, Rolling Stones, I do karaoke down there. Yeah, do Texas style. I do Texas style karaoke. What is that? With with a live gun with guns. But there's a live band with guns pointed at them, and if they mess up, you know, 
wham, yeah. tracks over. More wham, bam there. Seems like blood seems to follow you everywhere, doesn't it? Well, yeah, but you got to. It's not just magic. I got to get my hands. I got to do it, man. <laughs> yeah. I, it takes uh, hard work. I agree. But yeah, I, I sing agree. that. There's a clear so shout it out. Who killed those Kennedys? And I always just go, dad, 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 <laughs> like sweet Caroline. Well, Mr. Former President Bush, former governor. I mean, your history is unbelievable, unparalleled. I got I got a few more tricks up my car heart. I'll put it that way. <laughs> well, I am. I, I can't wait to uh, be uh, fooled by you once again, because hey, there's course, no there's no there's no term limits. Once uh, once the continuity of government has been disturbed. Uh -oh. well, fantastic <laughs> point. And just lastly, again, 20 years out of 9-11, your biggest accomplishment yet. Thoughts, final thoughts that you want to leave the American people with? Final thoughts, go to your local uh, mainstream media, go to New York Times, uh, go to big newspapers, especially just go to uh, go to CNN, go to, it doesn't have, doesn't have to be Fox, be, go to any anybody that's got money behind it and just support them on this 9-11 because the narrative is crumbling. <laughs> the narrative is, narrative is crumbling and most people don't believe it. They walk out into the street and they realize nobody else believes what happens. And we want to keep that story going for another 10 years until our killer robots are out and rolled out so that nobody can rise up. Wow. Well, we'll have to so have we just, just just keep it going another 10, and then we got the rest smooth sailing. Killer robots, we're going to drown everything. We're going to pull a Noah. We're going to drown it. <laughs> pull a Noah. Maybe this is, for another, this is for another interview. Give us 10 more years, baby. Killer robots, Noah's Ark. It's going to be beautiful. Well, I, I hopefully you can come back in 10 years, but uh, – I would appreciate if you came back sooner because it is just fantastic to speak with former President George W. Bush. Thank you so much for being on the show. Taking Thank the you, time Howard. out of your 9-11 because I know, again, you have to get back to the turkey. Thank you, Howard. Thank you, Robin. Baba Booey. Yep, Baba Booey. <laughs> I'll let Robin know. Uh, thank you so much. Former President. George W. Bush. Do 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 I'm just I'm doing I'm 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 gonna do my Playmobil 911 today. Okay, there it was, everyone. George <laughs> W. Bush. We have to give credit to James Adomian. James Unbelievable, Adomian. channeling the true demonic spirit. I don't even want to diss demons by calling him demonic. Right. The true Bush spirit. Yes. He channels it so perfectly. I learned so much and yet so little at the same it time. Is fan <laughs> it's literally like listening to a State of the Union address. Honestly, I, I really, uh, I, I asked him everything I would have asked the real president, and I feel like he answered exactly like exactly <laughs> honestly exactly. If, if you asked him honestly what he would have answered oh my goodness all right everyone we'll hang in there we have to say thank we're thankful for being alive yes it's very nice and to anyone who lost anyone on this uh, horrific day 9-11 our hearts are with you and uh, can't get any freaking easier they say the uh, the edges get slightly smoother as time goes on but the rock is still there so it always sucks death is never fun mm -hmm. all right everyone well thank you so much for listening hope you're happy and healthy and safe out there can't wait to see you on the road soon, and never forget, hail yourselves! We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.
You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful, but we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost.